Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for Startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. Howdy, folks. It is Thursday, November 17th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to be talking about the future of soup. That's right. Formed in 1869, Campbell Soup is now embracing technology to cook up a bright future for itself, and Rob's going to break down that story. But before we get to that, it's been a wild week in tech and business. Let's talk through some headlines and let's get crack All right, first things first, we got an ultimatum at Twitter in a memo. Elon Musk told employees that they must agree to Twitter's new extremely hardcore culture by 5 p.m. Thursday or resign. It said, going forward to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed in an increasingly competitive world, we will need to be extremely hardcore. This will mean working long hours at high intensity. Only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. There are so many layers to this. The one I think is most interesting to me is just this complete culture shock, how overnight the culture at a massive tech company has completely shifted like this. It's really crazy. The the extremely hardcore label just for some reason makes me laugh out loud. Like it's just, it's so memeable, which I think Elon Musk probably had in mind. Yeah, well, he he's trying to run Twitter like he has ran Tesla and SpaceX. He's slept on the floor in Tesla factories uh, and he's doing the same with Twitter. It's just not a culture that people in tech are used to at all. No. All right, moving along. Amazon began laying off some of its devices and services team members. Earlier this week, reporting from the New York Times found some 10,000 corporate employees, around 3% of its corporate staff could be cut throughout the week. Last week, Amazon became the first public company to ever lose over a trillion dollars in value. Also, Apple is reportedly planning on sourcing some chips from an upcoming TSMC manufacturing plant that's being built in Arizona. TSMC, based in Taiwan, accounts for 92% of global advanced semiconductor production capacity. So this would be a strategic move for Apple just geopolitically in case anything ever happens to Taiwan and also for branding, you know, made in the USA. But I do wonder how it would impact, you know, the price of a Mac or an iPhone. Totally. It's an interesting move, especially in the context of Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway just investing so much money. I think they just invested $4 billion in TSMC. And, and they, they own a lot of Apple too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, that is true. It's, that's interesting there too on its own. I think like all of these kind of advancements with U.S. companies trying to make their own chips, you see these moves towards TSMC and it doesn't really seem to bode very well for our domestic suppliers. So I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. That's true. 
And in other news, this will be interesting. The House Financial Services Committee will hold a hearing on FTX, SBF, Alameda Research, and Binance in December. Uh, meanwhile, yesterday, crypto exchanges and lenders, Gemini, BlockFi, and Genesis, uh, all announced new restrictions on withdrawal. So continued mayhem in the crypto space. And lastly, an interesting stat for the day, U.S. business applications remain around 45% higher than their 2019 numbers, likely due to the continued e-commerce boom and people hoping to get ahead of potentially rising interest rates. Okay, JC, so we have talked a lot about layoffs this week. It's very unfortunate, but it's the reality that we're living right now. But there's one tech company that is not laying off staff, and it <laughs> is probably the tech company that has more people glued to their phones than any other TikTok. What's going on there? Yeah, so you're right. A lot of layoffs in November alone, you know, the whole year there's been layoffs. But whereas ad revenue, for instance, is declining at places like Meta, TikTok, on the other hand, is forecasting annual growth of around 150% this year. $10 billion in ad revenue, up from $4 billion last year. So they are doing quite well, and they're hiring. And somewhat ironically, actually, TikTok's San Francisco team, whose Mountain View office once belonged to Meta, wow. is the one looking to double its headcount from about 1,000 uh, employees today. So I thought it's kind of ironic. Um, yeah, had no idea that was the case. That's crazy. Yeah, so they, they've their recruiters have been swooping in uh, you know, amongst these Twitter and Meta layoffs to kind of snag these engineers who have been laid off and these staff. And the interesting thing, though, is TikTok's U.S. hiring efforts aren't necessarily a business need or a commercial need, but really many people think a reputational one. Uh, it's a Chinese-owned company. It's closely watched for its privacy practices and increasing uh, its U.S. staff could buy kind of some time and trust from the U.S. public and regulators. It's a good point. It certainly doesn't hurt. All right, Rob. Campbell's Soup. It's a soup company. Yes. You would think there's not much to that in the scheme of things, but it's been in business for quite some time, and apparently they are now making use of artificial intelligence bringing it into their business. Why are they doing that? And just, yeah, what's going on with this company? Yeah, so Campbell's Soup is a uh, an American icon, right? So you know that you are an iconic American brand when you get the Andy Warhol treatment. So whenever I think <laughs> of Campbell's Soup, I always think of that Andy Warhol portrait of the Campbell's can that kind of goes along with all of his other ones with like Marilyn Monroe and mm. all those other characters. But Campbell's was founded in 1869. So we're now in Campbell's third century. Okay. They've gone through the 19th, 20th, and now 21st century. Have been around forever. I was looking at an old advertisement of theirs today that showed all of their soup flavors. They had flavors like asparagus soup and mm. mutton soup and like literally ingredients <laughs> that you don't even see on menus really anymore. It's really wild. Like they have such a crazy history. They've been around forever. And they're really moving beyond soup. You mentioned AI. I'll get to the significance of that in a second. But I think one thing that is kind of lost on people that they don't understand is that Campbell's has really kind of pushed its product assortment into new categories in the last five years or so. And first, in 2017, they bought a company called Pacific Foods, 
which also make soups, but they also make broths and milks. Mm. So they kind of tapped into the organic trend. And then in 2018, they bought Snyder's Lance, which is a snack behemoth. Really? Yeah. So they have Snyder's Pretzels, Pepperidge Farm, Pop Secret Popcorn. Oh, yeah. Those are humongous yeah. snacks. Tons of, so what's crazy is before they owned, they had owned a few other brands that sell snacks before buying Snyder's Lance. But when they bought Snyder's Lance, it boosted the percentage of sales that snacks made up from a third of sales to half of sales. So about mm. half of Campbell's sales now come from snacks, which you probably wouldn't expect if you were just thinking about Campbell's soup. No, definitely not. Alongside that kind of expansion of their product portfolio, for the last few years, they've been employing this process internally called Insight Engine, which is where they use AI to pour over a ton of data to try to identify new food trends. And so they'll look over menus and like food studies and online recipes and all sorts of other data sets to try to figure out where food is going and essentially what trends are worth jumping on and if they have any brands that could potentially capitalize on them. That's awesome. Uh, Insight Engine, that sounds like something... It sounds like a, a product of Google, not of Campbell's <laughs> Soup, you know? <laughs> right. It doesn't sound like something you find in the soup factory, right? But that's great. I love that. That's so neat. Yeah. And they, they have a couple of recent innovations that are doing really well. So Pacific Foods, which they acquired in 2017, has made oat milk for over 10 years. So they were, they were one of the first players in oat milk. That's big. So Campbell's identified this oat milk trend and started making oat milk-based soups, which have supposedly done pretty well. Sure, a little creaminess. A hundred percent. So another one that they've introduced is called Flavor Up. That's one word, and it is a cooking concentrate, which I think is food jargon for sauce that you (laughs) essentially can put on meals to elevate the flavor. And so it comes in three flavors. They have rich garlic and herb, caramelized onion and burgundy wine, and savory mushroom and herb. So Kind of sounds like something that would come from their soups. Honestly, there are a lot of flavors in there that I think have crossover with their soups. That's good. Cooking concentrate. I'm going to use that whenever I ask him to pass me the sauce. I'm just going to say, pass me the cooking concentrate. (laughs) Could you please pass me that tomato cooking concentrate, please? (laughs) Um, And yeah, these new products are actually having an impact on the bottom line, which is crazy. Between 2017 and 2020, Campbell's attributed 1% of net sales to innovation products. It's up to 2% now, so it's doubled, and they hope to get to 3.5% by 2025. So making a lot of moves over at Campbell's. The innovative soup company. Yeah. And bada bing, bada boom, that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano, our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter If you're not subscribed, you can sign up at thehustle.co slash email. Have a terrific Thursday, and we'll see you tomorrow.